podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Pre-Season Raw. Probably the last pre-season row, because there's other games right after the Community Shield, and that might not count. Um, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, but hello, uh, I am joined by Stephen. How are you doing, Stephen? Absolutely wonderful. Good. Did you enjoy was, the game? <laughs> that was the best two hours of my summer. Yes, yes it was. We also have Carl with us. How are you doing, Carl? My brain is numbed after that, I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> At least we get to talk about it now. Uh, but, I mean, there was some interesting things to talk about. Maybe not a lot in the first 60-odd minutes whilst the young mixed team was on, but we will we will soldier on, anywho. Um, my first note, I'm just going to skip past the starting 11. And, Stephen, how long did James Milner take to grow that beard? Oh, I reckon the time it took him to put his kit on. Two days. No, I reckon a couple of hours. Nah, he definitely takes two days to get ready for a game. <laughs> He's got to psych himself up and oil, oil the joints and stuff like that. Get the WD-40 out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why his, I think that's why his beard's so good. He uses WD-40. Possibly. Possibly, just to get it nice and oiled. Nice and oiled. To be fair, I, it, it's such an odd look with him having a beard. It, it really is, but we will move past it because, well, he didn't do much else. <laughs> um, starting 11, uh, Carl, I, it, was a, it was a mixed one. Uh, we had Adrian in goal, Milner at... Okay, this has really screwed up the lineup on Flash Go. Uh, we had Milner at left back. This has got it right back for some reason. Gomez, Kanate, Basetic was in midfield. He's apparently a left-back on this. Uh, Mabai was at right-back in real life. Uh, Keita Jones, Basetic in midfield, as I say. Um, Nunes, Cavallio and Elliot. Yeah, it, it, obviously a mixed team there, Carl. Um, I'm sure we've all heard of a few of the, the Salzburg lads because they have highly thought of it. Susic has been linked with um, us and a few other big teams. Sesko has been linked with half of Europe. He seems to be the next... Uh, Erling Haaland, um, and I've probably heard of a couple of us, but they're the main two. Um, yeah, so what, what are your thoughts on the start at 11? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it wasn't all that surprising when you consider the, the Man City game to, to come on Saturday. We're, we're still kind of building at the moment. We're, we're in pre-season, and it would have been too much for, you know, a lot of the, the, the first-team lads to, to play 
than anything more than a half hour and then be expected to, to go out against City and, and play, you know, maybe 70 minutes or whatever the case might be. So it clearly it was going to rotate somewhat. Um, I suppose in that sense, Keita was a bit of a surprise because we, we were probably expecting him to, to start against City. And, and he may still well do so, but it was just, it seemed like, Klopp was building up to, to playing him with Fabinho and, and Thiago kind of in, in every game in, in preseason so far. Um, but, you know, there, nonetheless, there were still, you know, players we were excited to see. Obviously, Nunes, fresh off the back of his uh, four goals last week. Um, Carvalho, Elliot, of course, it was an exciting front three. Um, obviously, uh, Mavaye impressed in that first half against United in an attacking sense like he, he was a constant danger there and and again he looked lively today um but you know obviously there the, there are some things that stood out in the, in the wrong way and and for me the the midfield the balance of of having kind of Keita and, and Jones in there with uh Basajid in behind um and I think that that was maybe the the one area where we were caught out in in the first half. Um, as as I'm sure we'll we'll come on to to discuss. Yeah, we'll definitely discuss the midfield. I think Jones he always provokes discussion uh, within the team, so we'll we'll talk about him because you just have you legally have to. Um, my next note is LFC TV is poo because it crashed uh, and this audio was out of sync for about half an hour and hour in the build-up. Um, well, we'll start. We'll, we'll start off with the midfield because my other first, my other next note is Basatich had a good start. I mean, Stephen, we'll start off with a positive. I think Basatich, who's, I think he was injured all of last season. Basically, he's came into pre-season. He's caught the eye a few times. He's obviously played with playing in a very mixed match team here tonight against a good Salzburg team, um, and I thought he was probably one of the only ones who impressed in that first half. Yeah, I thought he was pretty positive in the main. Um, he won the ball quite a lot. He popped up all over the place. He tried to be sensible in possession. I think sometimes he won the ball in positions where he maybe shouldn't have been you know, a bit further wide or further up the pitch than you'd want mm. him to be. You want him to be a little bit deeper watching the game and picking opportunities the way Fabinho does. But he's a kid and he's going to be enthusiastic and he's going to want to win the ball and make an impact. And I thought he was he was pretty decent. Um, I quite enjoyed sort of Adrian popping up in midfield for a few minutes and having a Pepe Reina moment. That was quite fun. Uh, and I thought, I thought Naby was fairly positive. Looks a tad rusty with his final ball at times, but um, he played a lovely through ball only about, what, seven or eight minutes in. Um, I think that's when uh, actually TV crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was, yeah, I thought Naby, I, I, I thought Naby in, is it Basatic? That's thought what they, I've been um, going with. It's probably yeah, I think, problem, but yeah, I think they both had, reasonably good games you'd like to see more from Cater being the senior pro but I thought he was okay um I don't want to pick on CJ but it was a little bit disappointing today it was that same old he just some of his decision making was a bit off but he was popping up all over the place and trying to win the ball and trying to be a net positive and he was all right he wasn't bad he was just 
just all right. But the problem is when you're just all right in two of your midfielders and you've got a kid in the other one, you're not going to dominate against Red Bull who are into their season and very, very well drilled. Um, I don't have a lot to say about Red Bull, like Salzburg's individual players, but they were very well organised. And they made it hard for the midfield because they were getting into position. We gave them too much time to get back into position, which didn't leave us a lot of room for us to manoeuvre, did it? No, not really. And you could see they were, were ahead in their in their fitness as well. And obviously, they had bit, I assume it was their first team out. Um, but I, I don't really know, other than a couple of players I mentioned. Um yeah, it, it was just an it was an odd collection of players. I mean, we might as well bring up Jones here, Carl. I, he, he he does divide opinion, like all all of our midfields, basically apart from Fabinho. Um, even he gets the odd pelter by weird people. Um, but yeah, I I mean Jones and by Cater by extension, but I'm sure people are bored of the Cater debate now because people either overlove him or overhate him when somewhere it's in the middle. Yada, yada, yada. But Jones, I mean, even pre-game, he was talking about his, his personal aims for the season and, and getting 10 goals and assists. and and 10 goals and 10 assists, I should say. I believe that's what he said. Um, but it, it, I don't know, he still looks like the same player. I know it's only pre-season, but I have to, we have to talk about something. But he, he kind of looks like the same player he has done always. Maybe even less, just less exciting, if anything. Obviously, I have to start by inserting the joke that clearly those 10 goals and 10 assists are going to be for Gladbach. Um, but uh, jokes <laughs> aside, um, like, uh, yeah, I mean, before I, I, I jump on CJ's back, like, uh, my main problem with the midfield, as I alluded to, was the, the balance. You know, I, I think for the most part, we in recent times we tend to have one of our box-to-box players who kind of plays more like a you know a kind of second striker and um, but I felt today like both of them wanted to be the second striker and that led to, to big gaps and you know Red Bull were able to, to take uh, full advantage of that Um, I mean on CJ himself I mean there's no denying the lad has a lot of talent. There's no denying that the lad puts a lot in. You know, he's always high energy. But the problem is, for me, is, you know, uh, as Steve touched on, his decision-making. And it, 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 there's a real inconsistency with it. I mean, there, there's some games where it feels like he, he plays more kind of um, instinct and they're the good CJ games. And then there's games where he just seems to get every decision wrong. He, he's either dawdling on the ball far too much. Like, he'll, he'll dribble past the player and then you'll be like, right, 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 just roll it out to Mo. And then he'll just try and dribble past the second player and, and lose the ball or, or run into traffic. Or, you know, there, there's times where the simple kind of one-two or, or that is on and, and they'll try and tread the ball through the eye of a needle when it, it's not open to do so and and the, the opposition will just get the ball and, and clear it. it he, he can be frustrating to watch at times and I just don't know what what's to be done with him. I know I made the joke about Gladbach and I know a lot of people, um, Dave and the like, think that maybe 
alone out and, and playing regular football is the only thing that's going to kind of cure that inconsistency and, and get some consistent decision making on his part but I, I, just, I just don't know what what to be done because there there is a lot of talent there and I, I really want to see it kind of come to fruition at, at Liverpool mm. Did you want to say something there Stephen? I think you've jumped in for a second um, I was just going to say like good championship winning teams historically always had some fairly average players who knew their role, worked hard, wanted to be part of the team. Fergie was the absolute master of it with players like Darren Fletcher, John O'Shea, Nicky Butt. And maybe CJ's role is just to be one of those players. He's, for our club, he's just an average midfielder. For other teams, he might be a starter. But maybe his job is just to come in and try and retain the ball, to try and be positive and get forward and to cut in on the right and try and smash in a 40-yard shot once a season. But that's not necessarily a bad thing if that's what Klopp wants out of him. It's whether he can accept that his choice at this point in his career is either just be that player or to go on loan or to move on to a player where he can be a starter and a bigger impact. Yeah, and I think um, NFI in, in the chat there makes a good point. We, we don't really have a clear understanding what his role is. I think it's been discussed what midfield role he'd actually suit best, and that, that, I think he'd be best in that attacking role on the right side, obviously. Can, but he tends to... Way. He gets picked on the left a lot more. He like. does, he does. And obviously, I think we have more set options in the left. I think there's a clear pecking order, Thiago's one and Naby's two. So maybe that's why he's kind of just seen there when Naby's playing on the right side, it's Jones as the third in that role. But yeah, I think from mainly what we saw in in his first se- senior year when he scored against Everton, the attacking instinct was there. So I'd rather see him in that right-sided role. But we have Elliot, we have Carvalho now who can play there. Naby can obviously play there, but Henderson's first choice. Um, Ox, etc. And probably Milner suits that role better as well. Um, so maybe just the fact that that right centre mid role's basically overcovered for without maybe one standout option, whereas the left centre mid role there's a clear pecking order, but we we know the injury issues there, so maybe he's just trained for that in case. But how old how old is Curtis? He's twenty one and he's turning twenty two this season. So yeah, obviously still time on his side, but I think. I agree with what you said there, Carl. I think alone would have been good for his development this season. And maybe if we got Chuamani, which was obviously the big um, transfer story, basically halfway through last season when Ornstein reported it, it might, it might have been different. But hey ho, he's here. Um, hopefully he does develop. But yeah, basically it is pre-season. And maybe he plays better if we if he gets a run with Thiago and Fabinho or Fabinho and Henderson or whatever. But yeah, that. Judging him when he's playing with a 17, 18-year-old DM and and, and Naby who flip-flops between roles, it's uh, maybe not the best to see him. But yeah, I think he does need to take a leap this this season or he could become one of them squad players, as you mentioned, Stephen, or he could just be someone to cash in, cash in on like a Nico Williams or something like that. Yeah, like the reality is he's the third choice of both sides of the number eights if... Carvalho is going to play on the in the front three as Klopp has alluded to and it looks like that's what Harvey might be doing this year um, and 
he's got to prove he's good enough to be third at the moment has to prove he's good enough to be third choice in both options and he should be targeting trying to force Henlo out of the number eight positions so he's got to take a big leap this year hopefully he can do it but i i don't know i think maybe mm-hmm. ox is kind of the ceiling for him and Ox has always had good games and average games and bad games, and maybe that's what he'll be. He'll just be that for us, that Darren Fletcher equivalent that Klopp can turn into a reasonably reliable, slightly above average, but not world beating player. Yeah. I mean, there's still time. If if, if we do sign a, the elusive midfield, maybe he does go out on loan. But we, we saw, I mean, it's a bit different from him and Morton, but Morton's been linked with a loan, but we kind of kept him around just for pre season. So maybe something changes. I, I doubt it at this stage, but I'd, I'd still like the loan to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he does make the jump, as you say, because that is the most important thing, is him developing. Um, That was basically the first half. Let's move on. <laughs> no. Um, next note, I like Carvalho. Then he didn't really do much. He did a nice bit of skill. Uh, Adrian wandered into midfield. I think you mentioned it, Stephen. It was offside, though, fortunately. Um... Pua it was Gomez funny, Pua. though. It was. It was. Uh, we got a few Aston Villa flashbacks in this game. <laughs> um, Gomez did a pass out. Uh, I think it was a poor pass to Basetic, to be fair, and they had a couple of chances. Salzburg manages an angry man. Yep. Naby can't shoot, bless him. Um, let's talk about Darwin, because he's been, he's been the story of pre-season, mostly by non-Liverpool fans. Uh, Carl... This is your fault because you're not allowed to score whilst you're on podcast. Apparently not. Um, but I, I think he was nonetheless, you know, showed his his striker instincts and, and what we brought him in for. I mean, obviously, he um, got on the end of a header that most players wouldn't have a business any business of getting on the end of. Although it was it was straight at the keeper and and. Another a shot from a difficult angle. He he managed to hit the woodwork, so he he was a danger, and and that was despite being up against a, a centre half in in Sole, who really made a battle of things. It was a he did he did it was a good scrap between the two of them. So you know, obviously, it wasn't uh, Nunes' day today in in terms of getting a goal, but you know, I I think. The service wasn't fantastic. You know, we didn't create a lot of clear cut chances in that first half and and the kind of half chances he had he, he made the best of. So, you know, it's it's exciting to see kind of as that develops going forward because it's something we haven't really had in a long time. I mean, we, we have it to a degree with, with Jada, you know, he does have kind of that instinct in and around the box and and we had it in the 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 clear the moments of clarity for a divvy, um, but it was you know it wasn't kind of sustained, and obviously that's that's something that you know we we were we we had in spades back in the day at Liverpool you know and we had Michael Owen Fowler, uh, Torres, uh, Suarez you know we were these players complete instinctual strikers so it's good to have it back and I'm sure we will see a lot of it moving forward and and there's a lot more to come from this lad. Yeah that's the thing I think a very good movement even when LFC TV broke (laughs) Um, so yeah a couple nice through balls from Naby to him Um, I think there was a chance a few minutes after this these couple chances as well that he created Uh, but yeah it's uh... 
think that's a good point you made. Mm. Um, His movement was good, but it didn't look like the players around him were seeing his movement or his patterns yet. So he would be on the shoulder of the midfield and, you know, Naby did play a good through ball to him. But maybe as Naby gets used to him, he releases that ball that quarter of a second earlier, which is what gets him in behind. You know, there were a few times, like um, when he hits the crossbar, maybe... If that's Trent, not in Bay, maybe the ball's played at a slightly different angle to give him more of a shot. I think it just comes if the, the players around him are getting to know him and there were a few kids on the pitch today. So I don't think we can take too much from, from Darwin tonight because he was trying to do the right things. He just wasn't getting, well, he just wasn't being given the service, as you said. But at least we can look at the movement and say, look, he's, he's, he's doing what you want him to do. And they defended like it was a Champions League final. <laughs> they did not want to lose that game. Um, to be fair, well, I like that Soleil that Carl mentioned. Um, but yeah, Darwin, good movement. I think the goals will come. One of the shots that hit the bar, I think it took a deflection. It was an excellent shot. And then defended well by them, to be fair. I think it was Bernardo in a couple of the situations. Um what else have we got? Salzburg miss an open goal, which was hilariously bad, but it was also hilariously bad by Joe Gomez. Um, anyone else have Aston Villa flashbacks there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we were caught open a, a few too many times on on the counter. You know, obviously we talked about that 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 uh, Adrian going into no man's land before he was offside, and there was a couple of moments where Kanate had to do some brilliant one on one defending to to deny them, and James Milner made one of his trademark Superman tackles that were fine. You know, it was. Uh, it, it it did feel like one of those games where maybe the the high line and and also as I said it didn't help that the lack of balance in midfield was was kind of exposed, um. But you know I I I think as I I said uh, on a an one in Ina shows uh, last season, you know I, I think when you take that kind of gamble with the the high line, you're gonna have one of those games every kind of. 10 games or whatever the case might be. So we kind of just take it on the, the chain at this point. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Very true. Plus, if we play with Adrian, it's not really canon, is it? That's how I go with it nowadays. I know he made a couple good saves, but still not canon. Um, What else have we got? I literally noted down Soleil looks good. Um, not sure how old he is or whatever, but he's probably about 12 because he plays for uh, uh, for Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, there was that missed Darwin chance from the Naby pass. And then Salzburg go one up. I mean, Stephen, Ben, you, you make football manager. There's a reason you made Sesco good. <laughs> Just before the Sesco goal, the commentary was bloody awful. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, like, there was a lovely quote, didn't we play them one year? And they just started talking about Chateau Donetsk and whether we played them or not. Like, what the, what, <laughs> what, what on earth were they talking about? Um, it's Gary Gillespie, isn't it? The co mm. Yeah, he's, I don't, I don't know what he's on. Um, but yeah, the, um, the Sesco goal was very good and, uh, he appears to be quite popular around the office. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a nice, really nice one too. But I did write down that was it an Ebu mistake? He was quite far across. He was, yeah. And should he have actually left it to Gomez and Basatich to try and tidy up and actually 
stay on his side of the pitch? I don't know. It's but it's pretty... a collection, didn't it? I think there was a missed yeah. press in midfield, and then I, I, think... I do agree. Ibu just went, I'll, I'll deal with this myself. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of a Degsy Skirtle moment, wasn't it? But you can forgive him because he had a a teenager in front of him in the six, a, a right back that I'd never heard of until this preseason, but I did write down and bay over Alan, Alan Wimbasaka in my notes. Um, and Milner, who I know he made some lovely tackles, but he's not a left back. Just stop yeah. it. <laughs> Play one of the young kids at left back. Stop playing James Milner at left back. So from a defensive perspective, it was a little bit, all over the shop and disappointing, but it was also a bit of a, a pre-season goal, as you'd say in inverted commas. Yeah. But it was a lovely finish. It really was. It really was. And to be fair, Carl, it was overshadowed by his turn. I think it it sent it basically retired James Milner, and I think it basically retired Fabio I think it was Fabio Cavallio as well. Um I've heard of him mainly through football manager, which I jokingly said, but it's the first time I've seen him. Well, looking at his record there, he scored five goals last year in the in the Austrian league, which isn't loads, but he's clearly talented. I I I think you said in, in our WhatsApp they won a, a record fee for a teenager, which is about two hundred or million. <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll get to that level, but uh, if Bobby leaves next year, or even this year, if the Juventus stuff is real, let's be fair, it probably isn't, but. We'll say what if. I, I mean, he looks like he's in the next list of great good strikers coming through. Let's be yeah. fair. He's either going to Salt. He's either going to Leipzig next summer, or they're selling him for big money, like Nunes money. We know with what them, They know yeah. what they're doing, though. Their their whole ethos is about because he started up at the he started at the feeder club before that I can't remember the name of the, the club that these employees do. He started there. He like their whole plan is to get into Leipzig and sell him for eighty million. You it can, was Cal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, as you pointed out, guy, just five league goals last season. I think he had eleven competitive goals all in all. Like he hasn't played all that much football for for Salzburg yet. So I think despite the the talk of Real Madrid and and United, I think it's more so that they're watching him with the the future in mind. So I'd. I'd expect that he'll probably stick around Salzburg for the season but as Steve said you, you wouldn't be surprised to see him moving to, to Leipzig for 20 odd million next summer and then them looking to, to double or triple that a uh, couple of years down the line Um, he does look a, a real talent but he's certainly still raw and obviously you'd expect that at his age and you know you can see why they were kind of comfortable with seeing Adiemi go off to Dortmund when they just mm. had another one in the chamber like it's it's ridiculously impressive that the Red Bull set up and, and the, the scouting network they have like they, they just roll them out one after the other and you know I, I really hope the our, our kind of friendship with them continues to grow and, and maybe we find ourselves at kind of the top of that that Red Bull feeding you know kind of conveyor belts because uh, you know we, we'd be getting some good ones from there Do you yeah. wonder if that's why some of their players were so so competitive today because they have seen Taki Ibu, 
Mane, Keita, they've all come through Red Bull in one way, shape or form and they've all gone on to play for us. And they've all known that those players have played well against us and been signed for us. So if you play for that club, you know that you're a style of football that our recruitment teams like. And you know that if you impress against us, we're going to watch you. And I did wonder that a couple of times, especially the centre-back whose name suddenly escapes me. Saleo Bernardo. Because um, at some point, you know, Matip is going to get old and he's going to want first-team football and he might not get it with Ibu coming through. So maybe, you know, maybe he's thinking, oh, I quite fancy a, fancy a bit of that next year or the year after. Who knows? We can send Matip to Leipzig and we can bring Saleh to us. I presume that's who you're talking about. Um, yeah. No, I, I think it is. I think you look at scouting networks in, in Europe and stuff like that and, and Leipzig, the way they're set up, I, I think it is basically the best in Europe in terms of unearthing talents from all different parts. So I think that... Where is he? Is he Slovenian? Yeah, he's Slovenian. So, yeah, taking him to Lieferin, as as, um, as you both said, and getting him in the system early, it is crazy how they do stuff. But, yeah, we basically have a pre-season friendly scheduled with them every, every year now, and we train in Austria, so... Yeah, and as you said, we we saw Haaland up close and personal a few years ago in the Champions League. We obviously got Minamino. Uh, So, yeah, I think we'll be targeting them and Leipzig quite a lot, really. But if we can, by effecto, defecto, become RB Liverpool, (laughs) maybe the top of the tree instead of Leipzig, it it could be fun. Um, Not saying Red Bull should buy us, but they are very rich. They probably could do. don't know why I said that. Whoa, right. Second half, we make some subs. They change their entire team. I'm not going to go through it. But we bring on uh, Bobby for Darwin, Robbo for Milner and Morton. Nabby saving probably more of the first team legs uh, for Saturday and maybe Sunday if they're scheduled to play in that one. Um, Basically, we start off pretty well. Robbo has a nice cross. I think it was meant for Bobby, but it almost falls to Harvey at the back post. Robbo tries to dummy a, sh- uh, a cross in their in their box. It falls to no one eventually. Ibu does a nice block on Simic, who was one of their subs. Uh, Mabaya, um, you mentioned him there, Stephen, for a second. You, you've never heard of him before pre-season. I think you're in the same boat as many of us there. He, I thought first half he looked a bit ropey, but in the second half, when the more established players came on, he, he obviously he was he was before the the raft of subs and sixty, but he looked more settled in the second half. I thought he looked okay in the first half, but in the second half, around this point, I've written down that um, him and Elliot were starting to really link up really well. I know the shot came from um, you know Bobby does a Bobby thing, wins the ball, and Bobby goes in a bit of a run, and then. It all goes wrong on the edge of the box and there's a free kick. But he did look very confident. He looked like a kid who's come in and gone, you know what, people like Trent and Harvey have worked hard and proven their worth and got into the team. And maybe he's thinking that maybe that's something he should be aiming for the next season or two. So I thought, yeah, I thought he was positive. Um, I was only half messing when I put him by over AWB because he actually tried to cross and pass and shoot and defend and do all the things you want from a fullback. But not, I've not, just, have... not just slide tackle and vibe then. <laughs> exactly. I mean, obviously not the composure of our other fullbacks, but he, he looked, he looked, you know, he was 
one of the few positives of the game. I thought he was okay. Um, and he won a free kick in like that perfect 90s FIFA position, you know, back when you used to like have the ball and hit the specific position. And if you're Del Piero in your team, you'd score every time. It was one of those kind of free kicks. When Harvey lined up, I was like, oh, maybe this is going. Oh, no, it's not it's rubbish. Yeah. I mean, Carl, who was our last good free kick taker? Was it Fabio Aurelio 70 years ago? I feel like it was. Uh, no, I'd, I'd say Coutinho. Um, ah, he was more yeah. like one in 500, though, but it was really memorable. <laughs> I don't know, that's harsh. Um, I, I thought he was a good um, free kick taker. He, he wasn't a, a great free kick taker. I'd, I'd imagine you're... Uh, I suppose in in the era of Aurelio, you had Aurelio was very consistent, and then you also had obviously Gerard, who could um, just hit those thunderbolts, either um, hit the wall or went in. There was no exactly, yeah. So uh, I think that was probably our, our most recent kind of solid uh, time for for free kicks, and then obviously the, before that, you you look at the likes of Gary Mack and 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 such back in the early nineties. Um, but it, it it's certainly been a, a while since we had a, a consistent free kick taker. I mean, you know, Trent obviously has a lot of talent on them, but he just lacks that consistency. I'm hopeful in a couple of years' time, you know, Trent can can count himself among kind of our, our good free kick takers of the past. Um, but it, it it is frustrating how wasteful we we can be with them in the here and now. Corners as well. Seeing as we score a lot of corners, our corners either go in or they're dreadful. <laughs> There's no middle ground with them. But yeah, it is odd. It is odd with our set pieces. But yeah, I think Trent is the, the one we've got to pencil in unless we get a, a new sign and who's good at them. Um, Costas. Costas takes good corners. He's, he he's takes good corners. He doesn't count. He doesn't count. I like saying Philip Degan was good at corners. Um, behave. <laughs> uh, he was also really fast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was also very bad, but you know. <laughs> um right, we bring the 59th minute, we bring on the first team basically. I'm not gonna list it out because you know who it is. Um a couple minutes later we have lovely interplay by Tiago Diaz and Henderson. That leads to a Diaz shot. Uh good save by their keeper, to be fair. Um, Trent with a disgusting pass because that's what he does um, we did an offside goal it was pretty clearly offside um, there was a big time jump there because I forgot to take notes for 15 minutes <laughs> um, uh, Trent good shot good shot TV saved by the keeper Bobby did a flick on shot in the, in the resulting corner and we decided we will try our best not to score I think Henderson missed a cross just Literally in front of the goal, he he missed the ball basically. Maybe they got a touch on it, touch on it. Um, and then basically my last note is I thought we had a penalty, but it was a really good tackle by them to be by that player. To be fair, anything to add, lads? I know you had a couple commentary uh, pieces you want to bring up, Stephen. That was a good quality quote again. Just after um, Matic gets fouled, ref plays on, and Mo gets fouled, and. Um, I can't remember which one of the commentators said. I think it was Gillespie again. And he said, he's not one to get angry about Matip. Like, does he watch the same all limbs, like no context John Matip that the rest of us watch? Where he 
stomps up and down the pitch with his arms and legs flailing around, shouting at referees during the rest of the season. Gary Gillespie does not respect memes. That's what we'll take from this. Yes, so I thought that was a particularly dumb, um, dumb comment. And there were lots and lots of uh, rubbish corners. More rubbish corners. Yeah. Rubbish corners. Hendo did some weird chip to Mo, and it was like, what do you want him to do with the ball? You've chipped it like eight <laughs> feet in the air, and he's like... Is that, is that the 10. one where he like got tackled about knee height and nobody mentioned it? Yeah, he sort of yeah sort of tries to tries to do something with it, but he can't really do anything with it because he's got no chance in hell. Um, it's just I don't I just don't understand. Hendo mm. obsessed with trying to chip the ball into places. It'll work now. He's got Darwin. He's got a target man up front. Um, and then because we couldn't score, the best quote was from the other commentator, and it was, he said, a mole would pop up out of the surface and head it away. Uh, while talking about if we actually had a shot on target, um, <laughs> but it was kind of funny because it was it was one of those games, right? When I think it literally is when um, Fabio when Fabio when Fabinho shoots and it goes out for a throw in. That's the point where you know we're not scoring today. It really was. It was. It, I think the commentators alluded to themselves. We could have been there another hour and. Probably never scored, but I mean, Carl, we did. We, we looked a lot more in control when when the first teamers came on. They obviously took a lot of plays off themselves, which probably helped us in that case as well. But before we finish, we might as well take a look at Saturday. Um, firstly, do you take it seriously? The is it the charity shield or the community shield? I always call it the charity shield. Um, but do, do do you care about the charity shield, or do you just see it as a preseason game? I mean, to me, it's it's just a glorified friendly. I mean, if they if they want us to treat it as a cup, you know, make it a two legged affair and call it the English Super Cup, that's that's always been my opinion. You know, I I I look at the 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 Spanish um kind of the Super Cup in a different light because I I think they they treat it with a bit more respect. I mean, the fact that you can split the charity shield. <laughs> As it says a lot to me. Um, so to me, it's a friendly. I mean, look, it's great to, to score some points over City. And we know if, uh, I know Twitter will be unbearable if we lose because between the City fans who will be claiming they won a cup final against us and our fans who will absolutely lose their shit over, as I said, a glorified friendly. So I'd rather avoid that situation. So for that reason, I hope we win. And obviously, I hope we win every game anyway. I mean, I would like to win today. I'm not bothered that we lost, but, you know, it would have been nice to win. Um, So I, I do hope we can pull off a result. But I'm, for me, for the most part, I just want to see a start with kind of something that's more in line with what we're going to see against Fulham and that we kind of see what the, the plan's going to be. And, you know, maybe if, you know, well, I have my doubts he'll start, but maybe if Nunes gets on around the hour mark and, and gets maybe 15, 20 minutes alongside kind of more the, again, the first team in, in air quotes, um, and we get, give him a chance to kind of bet in with them, that, that would be a positive as well. Um, I mean, it, again, it, it really is, it's, it's just a 
dress rehearsal for for Fulham in my eyes. I'm sure that's what Klopp will be treating the game like, and and that's what he needs to treat it like, and and hopefully it's a good preparation. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Stephen, I mean, last thing before we go, do you reckon that second half team will be the team for Saturday, basically, with Allison, hopefully, instead of Adrian? I think the only real considerations are Cater versus Hendo and maybe a little cheeky surprise of Nunes versus Bobby. I think there's a chance mm. he there's a chance he started because they wanted to get the minutes in him. Um, who knows? But I kind of like the charity shield when you win it, and I don't really care when you lose. So it is basically a preseason game, but a preseason game with a piece of shiny. I don't know. Plate. Plate. You can put in your trophy cabinet and pretend it's a trophy if you're certain other clubs. Yes, it's the only, I think it's the only reason Man United fans claim to be the most successful team in England now, isn't it? The Community Shield, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be the the, the couple uh, disputed positions, I think. Won't surprise me if it's Henderson or, or, or Kater in midfield and probably Ibu or Matip. I think they're the ones you got to flip the coin on, but Darwin, Bobby, maybe that's another one to flip the coin on. But yeah, it should be. It should be interesting. I think it's Strasbourg on the Sunday as well. Um, that will probably be a lot more under twenty threes and maybe people who didn't get on on the Saturday. Um, but yeah, it sh- it should be hopefully a good game on Saturday. And well, basically people use it to answer f- fantasy Premier League questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's it from us. We I think we got about forty odd mins from that game. Hopefully the Saturday game's a bit more fun. I believe it is me doing Raw. I still have to find guests for that as well. Because the the usual Raw lads still treat it as a pre-season game, so that might answer the debate there. But they'll they'll be ready for Fulham. Don't worry about that, people. Uh, but yeah, back on Saturday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.